You want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yeah, it's the least relevant game of 2016. <laughs> with sizzling hot takes. There are bigger cop teas to their fans than late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! I don't know if we were pissed uh, yesterday, but the footy podcast is a day late. Who would have thought that many people listened to us? We've been hit up, inundated with uh, inboxes saying, boys. Where, where's the footy podcast? I said, sorry. What's wrong with you all? We've actually, uh, for the first time <laughs> in our lives, our full-time jobs got the better of us, and we had to put them uh, first and prioritise them. Uh, massive round 13 preview. Of course, a review, I should say. Players of the week. We're going to talk about the Doggies and Richmond. Hutchie versus Bucks. You know, there is a bit of a, a little bit of a, a plus that we've come a day late. We could talk about footy classified. Um, we're also going to get a special guest in to tell us a story about Mark Choco Williams that you will not believe and we're going to continue and finally finish our three word reviews for all of the buy teams i'm rabs warren editor of the greenfield post as always i am here with rudy etzel g'day rabs how you going mate good good sorry i couldn't make it yesterday no that's fine that's, mate that's, fine. that's my fault we also we said we'd shout out to tristan stevenson didn't we we the, did uh, the bloke that that the mo- most persistent messenger we got so yes thanks thanks for listening tristan we also, <laughs> uh, yes we also hit up on twitter as well as always ethan Meldrum is here how you going buddy i'm fantastic yeah why are you fantastic just another day after the weekend didn't have that monday itis yeah there was no monday itis after that round of footy well not particularly for not you for me. no as a melbourne fan which we'll get on to we will get <laughs> on to uh players of the week let's kick it off uh rudy i'm going to start with you because well, we're a day late because of you, so kick us off on, a, on, a, on, a, on a bright on spot. <clears throat> um, I've gone with, uh, you can't really, not Bryce Gibbs. Mm. He had 43 touches against Gold Coast. 31 of those were kicks, which is remarkable. 10 tackles, 8 marks, 7 clearances, 7 inside 50s, and then 2 massive last quarter goals. Um, apparently, according to uh, statistician extraordinaire Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter, it's... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about me. Almost, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it was the first t- was the first player to ever have 40, t- 40 touches, 10 tackles and two goals in a game. And it was one of the probably top 20 games I've ever seen a bloke play. How many, to be honest. say 10 tackles? Yep. Not something you usually think about Bryce Gibbs, but he does like lay a few tackles. He, yeah, he gets down and dirty sometimes. He, he's he been sensational this year for the Blues and last year as well. That's why Adelaide probably went really hard to get him and why Carlton went even harder to retain him. It's a credit to him that he can ask for a trade, like really desperately want to go back to Adelaide and then go back to Carlton and say, okay, right, that fell through. Mm. Let's get back to business. Let's get back to winning games of footy. And he did exactly that. That's He won the game for Carlton in the end. I might put you on the spot here, Eve, because you are our stats man, as Rudy just said. Is he kicking more goals this year than he usually has? Because he's become yeah. a, bit, a goal-kicking midfielder this year. Yeah, he's sneaking forward a little bit more. Because, um, yeah, he was a halfback flanker when he started. Mm. He won his ball there, and he rarely pushed forward. And now he's starting to add that to his game a little bit more, it seems. He had that game against North where he had 38-3 and three or something like that. It's becoming a pretty important weapon for Carlton. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, goal-kicking midfielders, I've uh, jumped on the back of you last week, Ethan, and, and Dane Zorko. In good a, man. In very, very, very good. Another good game for the Zork, um, albeit in a loss to, to Port Adelaide. But it's been said you know, since that game, if or pretty much since last week, if he played for a Melbourne side, how much would this bloke be absolutely talked like frothed about down here? He's a top 15 player in the comp. Mm. Easy. Easy jet. Another two goals in the weekend. Easy. 33 possessions. He's averaging two goals a game, essentially, this year. That's incredible from a midfielder. And for a team that's super last as well. Yes. Yeah. Like he's, really, he's, really last. He's <laughs> second or third picked in the all Aussie forward line at the moment for me. 
Oh, he has to be mm. all Australian. Franklin, maybe yeah. Toby Green if he can t- continues to play more. Oh, Betts, of course, as well. H- who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, another Carlton player, though. I have to. We have to I can't believe this guy is going to be Player of the Week when you're thinking <laughs> how long he's been in the AFL for. Uh, he's tried up forward, Bulldogs legend, now Carlton superstar. Who have you got, Ethan? Um, well, on the sort of on the topic of all Australian forwards, guess who had his ass kicked on the weekend? Tom Lynch by Liam Jones, who has really resurrected himself down back. Um, he only had twelve disposals, so he's you know, very much the outlier in players of the week. If you go back and look at them all, Tom Lynch had 10 disposals only once as he had worse this year. He had one mark. We mm. know, we know Tom Lynch is like a contested marking freak. He had one mark for the game. None of those were inside 50. He had no marks inside 50 for the first time this year. Kicked one behind for the night. Incredible. He, he, he's, he's their co-captain. He's a, he's a freak. And Liam Jones kept him to that. It's unbelievable. I'm literally, I'm lost for words. I think last week, I said that, you know, it would be interesting to see how he goes on a good player like Tom Lynch. Well, I'm eating my words. because He's he's played last three weeks, if you include VFL, he's played on Josh Bruce, John Patton, and Tom Lynch. And he's considered three goals. Whoa. (laughs) That's a seriously, seriously good uh, record, that. It's not bad. The smile on your face when uh, we're we're building his name up, Rudy. It it could light up a room. You you love stories like this, don't you? I do love stories like this. I also love that you were so uh, against adamant last week that it was uh, was there was nothing to it, and then he he did it again. But um, he he looks like a defender to me, and I said I said that last week. He just looks like he he knows how to play as a defender, and he, he never looked like that as a forward. Like no one's ever faulted his athletic ability or his his pace or his you know, um, even his ability to mark, but, um, yeah, he, uh, looks a serious defender to me and uh, it's, I hope he keeps it up. It's been a pretty bad week for me because I not only did I say that, say that about Liam Jones, but anyone who would listen to me, I was saying how bad I thought Jack Silvani was as a footballer. And can you guys <laughs> remind me who was nominated for rising star this week? It was, it was Jack. Yeah. It's, um, that's Jack four. S J Silvani. That's one of those four, um, Four rising star noms for Carlton yes. already this year. First so, time uh, the kids are all right. First time they've had multiple rising stars since two thousand and five, I believe, which was Jared Waite and was it Liam Jones? Liam, no, no, it couldn't have been Trent Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have been Liam Jones. Who's at the dogs? No, and yeah. uh, Sam Mitchell won rising star that year ahead of hmm. Graham Polak. So wow. there you go, bit of a uh, bit of stats there Graham for you. Polak, whose awareness is so good, he got hit by a tram. Mm. <laughs> uh, round thirteen, another another bit of. A, Another weird one, not in a sense that there was there was some big big like results. I've got to say, like Carlton, I thought should have been favourites and and they won. But we have to talk about the doggies because they seriously look bad, particularly against like and but Melbourne looked good, but the doggies looked really. Oh, really Melbourne bad. was sensational. I don't think you can take much away from the first four four quarter performance of the year. But the dogs, there's just something about them this year, and, and I think it's really it's dispelling a myth that has lingered around them for 18 months that they are an exciting football side. Mm. They are the furthest thing from an exciting football side. They kicked eight goals on the weekend. The first came halfway through the second quarter. There's nothing exciting about this footy side. There's nothing good up forward. Jake Stringer's not doing what he should be. Tory Dixon's not hitting the scoreboard. Um, Tom Boyd, you know, he's... He can't not, mark not, it. Yeah, he's, not he's not, work, isn't not he? working the ruck. Got outmarked by Neville mm. Jetta on the weekend. <laughs> That's which funny. Prob- I mean, Jed, Jed is a freak, but you know it's not something you want in your record. Well, how how long can he rely on his grand final performance, Tom Boyd? Oh, he, he's still only twenty 
two or something. Like uh, he's still still got a couple of years of development before he can really start really digging him. Mm. I reckon mm. that that uh, that grand final goal he kicked will never go away. Oh, go down in history, mm. but he, he's continually underperforming. I don't think he's had a good game this year yet. Yeah, no, he has. He's had. He struggled a bit. Um, not, not like last year. But I don't think. Uh, I don't think the dogs would be getting too concerned about that. In fact, I reckon internally the dogs wouldn't even necessarily mind missing the finals this year. But I mean, no, that okay, that's silly. But I think I don't think that they would be um, uh, under any illusions that their development is in a different stage than it was just because they won the flag. If that makes sense, like they they had to make top four this year mm. was their next sort of challenge because they, they won the flag from seventh. And if they miss, it's still, you know, they've still got a long time to win flags with this list. More well, flags. I read a comment on, on social media, which is always dangerous. And I don't really recommend taking this as gospel, but someone said, look, they weren't the best team last year. They were the seventh best team and they just had a ripper four weeks yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, that's, that's true. And they got lucky with a few matchups and the bye pretty much. Mm. Um, I don't think they would have beaten Geelong in a, in a final. Um, and yeah, they sort of, they just caught fire. Mm. They, they did win 16 games last year. Yeah. It's not, it's not like they were bad. No. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the thing. They're, they're, a, they're a very good side. They play like an excellent side for four weeks. And now they're back to being a very good side or have just hit a little bit of a rut and mm. need a spark or need something extra just to keep them going to where they should be. The thing is they're, they're still, they're ninth. They'll probably, they should still make the finals. They've been playing crap all year, but they are still... You know, they've still been winning most weeks. So, well, not most weeks, but... Well, that's what Hawthorne did last year, and they ended up mm. in the top four. Yeah, you know, yeah. They scraped along the whole season. Yeah, Geelong had done it for a few years as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that, was a, that was a good game of footy, I actually thought, West Coast Geelong. I mean, not, probably not from a Geelong fan's perspective, but I actually thought it was an exciting game of footy. It was, um, yeah, it was a decent watch. It was better than uh, North Melbourne St Kilda, which oh, that was, was just oh. was a stinker, wasn't it? it Jeez. Was, there was no atmosphere. The skills were deplorable. It was just the AFL want to forget that one as soon as the final siren rang. Mm. Josh Kelly was loving it. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Kelly. <laughs> um, who, who, if you're Josh Kelly, you'd be sitting back going, "Fuck that! I'm not going to either of these teams." I tell you, I tell you, the, the best thing about North Saints for me was um, I'm in this tipping competition, and Ethan's in it too, where uh, you sort of like have matchups where both blokes tip. Uh, margins. The other guy had uh, St Kilda by 23 and I had him by 17. And when um, Mason Wood kicked the last goal of the game, that took the margin from 23 to 17. <laughs> so that's <laughs> all so I got up. Small mercies, small yeah. mercies. Bradbury, uh, that one. <laughs> Richmond, Sydney though. I, I I played footy on Saturday and I, came, I was listening to Triple M on the way home and I'm like, you know, Richmond got off to a barnstorming start and half time it, it was kind of dead, the commentary. And all of a sudden, Sydney kicked a couple of goals in the third quarter and the commentary started to change, being like, mm. it's on here. And you just know if it was any other team other than Richmond that that game would have been dead and buried. But because it's Richmond, there was that glimmer of hope and, geez, it was a fucking awesome last quarter of football. Yeah. I, I was sitting next to Ethan and I, I wrote a couple of stories and then I looked over to him and I was like, hang on, Richmond losing now? <laughs> <laughs> going back and sort of watching the last Did second half notice? again. Going back and watching the second half again, it's so inevitable, isn't it? Oh. Richmond visibly like uh, tighten up when they the sphincters collectively tighten once they <laughs> once Sydney the starts get momentum. tugged. And yeah, and I think uh, I actually think what Danny Frawley said the other day was actually I reckon pretty accurate when he was saying teams would love to play Richmond in the finals because this is what they do. Yeah, and I've been saying that all year. I said it last last week when we had the we had their uh, three word 
thingo, the three-word review. I said they won't win the flag. They might finish first and won't win the flag. Well, Damien Harley came out and apologised for some of the games they lost last season. They're doing the same thing this year. They're losing mm, the close yeah. ones. Yep. That's, that's the thing. They're, they're, they're a way they're, better side, but they're still Richmond. In mm. a parallel universe, they're 11-1. and one. Yeah. And they're two games clear. It's, yeah. You know, like, honestly, that's the difference between them being an elite side or being a, a good side. They, they have to win those games. They have yeah. to, Sydney. It's, it all comes back to being, like, having poor on-field leadership. Mm. They, they, they just, you just can't escape from that. No, you can't. Mm. Um, look, I said to you, one of the small mercies of us have been a day late for this podcast is that we got to watch the footy shows last night. We're not really talking footy, but we watched Footy Classified because Bucks was... <laughs> Does anyone watch Talking Footy? No, they don't. Because <laughs> Bucks was on it and he actually, I thought, performed very well. But the big talking piece was uh, the chat between him and Hutchie. And this is what Buckley said uh, about the media. I don't think the media can be trusted. Right, with now, ah, and now, now I'm glad you raised this. Now we're getting the, tr- the distrust between media and clubs is born out of lack of accessibility. No, it's, because not born out of lack, it's, born, it's born out of who you allow... To be ah, to sit at the pinnacle of your of your media. Do you do you, you open the that? doors every day, and you'll find people having a conversation, hopefully maturely like this. What's your overall perspective on the media? Well, I can, I can talk for yeah. ten minutes, twelve yeah. minutes in a press conference, yeah. and I know the line that will be used, yes. and it won't be representative of what I've said in the press conference. Yeah. And people don't have time and won't won't go to say the website to absorb the whole ten or twelve minutes of a post match or of a of a midweek press conference. Um, so the little grabs that you use are not always representative of reality and the media is responsible for how you use those grabs and how you create reality because it's very far away from where it actually so is. Now we all work in the media and I'd love to get uh, all your perspective on, on those uh, comments from Bucks. Do you reckon there's a lack of trust from clubs towards the media? I think 100% there is. Mm. So there should be, really. I'd, I'd, why if they, I saw Dan Cherney say this on Twitter earlier, if the media and the clubs um, trusted each other, that neither neither's doing their job. Mm. Mm. May as well just be PR on that point. Well, yeah. I mean, the media wouldn't be doing their job if they're not looking for the biggest newsworthy angle from a coach's press conference. I mean, surely Bucks realises that too. Oh, of course he would realise that. He, he said that. Yeah. <laughs> he, the, the thing is... I found this fascinating. I found it really interesting how much public opinion has, has gone with Bucks on this one. And I, I can understand why he, you know, is a great at the game and he talks so well in the media. But at um like at the end of the at the end of the day, what Hutchie was arguing for isn't isn't wrong. If he wants you know, he's saying he wants more access to the players so they can tell the stories better. They both want the same thing. They want the, the stories to be told more accurately. They just want it in, in different ways. Mm. Mm. I, I don't really, uh, I, I found a lot of the, like the, a lot of the public opinion, like I said, has gone with Buckley here. And I think a lot of that is just a reaction purely to um, Hutchie, who Hutchie yeah. is. Yeah. I, I don't, I, they just, they want the same thing. Like they just need to not get their heads together and, and understand is how it? to get it. Yeah. Well, it's not, yeah, you're right. It's not black and white because the club's, Absolutely. I mean, it is in this case because Nathan Buckley. But <laughs> yeah, well, they love to, the clubs love to control everything that comes out of their players' mouths, which is why Melbourne kind of shit itself when that with that Tom Bug tweet because they're like, "Oh, hang on, you know that's not really what we do." Um, and they're fed party lines all the time. When in every media performance they do, every doorstop they do, they're fed lines by their football club. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think there needs to be a bit of give and take between the media and and the players. Everyone wants more access, but. 
Everyone doesn't want more. The clubs don't want more access. <laughs> it's, they're, it's they're scared of it, aren't they? Yeah. All right, enough about footy classified. It's time for this. The big fella's angry. It's Rudy's rant. All right, this week I've got Graham Corns. Oh, Cornsy. Did, did you guys see this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cornsy. So he's come out and he said, I think Tom Bug's Instagram, sorry, Instagram post was inappropriate. <laughs> I think it brings the game into disrepute. I think Bug is a pest. Sorry, Cornsy. Let's just back up here, shall we? He's defended Stephen Dank the whole time, the whole way through. He came out and uh, had that, remember that opinion that he had on the women's game where he basically said, you know, that they shouldn't be playing footy. It's too rough for them. They should be in the kitchen, you know, should be wearing shorter shorts or whatever. Cornsy, come on, mate. Like, it's pretty clear you don't know what an Instagram is. Like, do you, do you think he even owns a mobile phone? Oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, and no. if he does, I guarantee it's, you know, it's an old Nokia or something. There's no <laughs> way he knows, there's no way he has any clue what Instagram is. Mate. Just spare us your opinions on the social media habits of Tom Bug, Graham Corns. <laughs> like, do whatever else you want on the Rowie and Big Show, that's fine. But seriously, mate, like, you're way out of your depth here. You don't know what you're on about, just... Leave it alone. In, did he, Honest ca- to God. Did he call it Instagram? Well, that's what the um, the tweet, the Rowan and Bix tweet said, Instagram. I think that, that, <laughs> I that, that, that shows how much their social media stuff really gives a shit about it. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. I found that, I actually found that whole thing fascinating. Like, there was this, there was a bit of reaction to it where people were saying, oh, we can't say that. But why? Who cares? Who cares if they say that? And then... Um, and then there was also a lot of push, like pre-pushback as well. There was a lot of people going, oh, how how is this a bloody story? It's just Instagram. And there was actually weren't that many stories about it as well. So like a lot of people got really head up over this and it <laughs> sort of didn't actually become anything in the end. Not to mention that his two sons were probably two of the biggest pests the AFL have seen over yeah, the last yeah, 15 yeah, yeah. years. <laughs> exactly. I still remember them giving <laughs> the bird to Collingwood after some like round eight game. Glass house. Yeah. Come on, boys. Uh, changing uh, tact, as we usually do on the footy podcast, boys. We've brought in someone outside of the ranks, someone from uh, one of the radio networks here, and um, well, my immediate boss, Matthew Bellotti. I'm going to play this for you. And you'll understand why when Mr. Bellotti starts to talk. Stand up. Everyone should be standing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, English. Hashtag not my queen. Yes. <laughs> No, uh, not a single person has moved. You might uh, you might be questioning why the hell have we brought this giant uh, six foot six man in to, who knows nothing about AFL footy basically so little so little into the podcast. It's because he told me a story yesterday, boys, that just needed to be told on this footy podcast. And you haven't heard this story yet, have you? I got no idea what's coming. No, no, I, I can't wait for this. It's been picked up, picked up massively. I'm, yeah, I can't wait. Take it away, Mr. Bellotti. Okay, so uh, I, I have two kids, uh, one of whom is, is seven, a boy, and he plays Auskick every Sunday morning. I take him along to Auskick at, at Ajax Footy Club, and uh, I've got a daughter who is 10 who doesn't play football at all. Um, you can imagine a 10-year-old girl. She doesn't possess lots of skills and stuff. Uh, so we're there at Auskick this weekend, uh, and uh, Jaron Geary was there, oddly enough. That, 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 that isn't the story, but that was, he was along. He was a very nice man. Um, so the, you heard the, it here the, first. The, the least prolific captain in the league. I'm surprised you recognised him. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's not. So that's all the all the big news. Jaron Geary is a nice man. Uh, you don't you don't hear that on many podcasts. No, you don't. So yeah, there you are. Uh, but no, there was another bit to that story, which is that. Um, so my boy's just doing his little grid game things that he does, and I'm stood there with my daughter. There's a ball, so we start handballing to each other, and this this man walks up to us, and this man's just kind of 
takes a look and walks up to her and goes, oh, so you, are you a ruckman then? And because so you you, your dad's obviously a ruckman because Ryan Rab rightly says I'm six foot six, I look like that. And uh, so she doesn't know what to say. She's a bit intimidated. Um, and then he just kind of starts telling her how to kick. He's like, oh, I want to see a kick. And so she tries to do a kick and throws the ball miles up into the air and it dribbles off her foot and it's all very embarrassing <laughs> and stuff. But the thing is that within he then says, oh, try it like this and hold the ball like that and then kick it. Within five kicks, she's just pinged it 15 metres in the air, rotating perfectly backwards on its axis. Just incredible. It's like, oh, this is... Who is this guy? Collingwood should pick her up by the sounds of it. And the guy, the, the the guy who I had absolutely no idea who it was, Lindsay goes, oh, "I don't suppose you know who I am." I said, no, "I I really don't know who you are." He said, "I actually invented this football." I was like, "All right, okay." This is a, it's a bit weird. It's some kind of scientist bloke. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is like 100, 150 years old. Or? And then he goes, "Well, he was he was of a good age, you know." And, uh, and then he goes, "And oh, okay." And then he goes, "And this is what I've just shown your daughter is how I used to teach Dustin Martin to kick the football. Have you heard of him?" And I said, "Well, yes, I have heard of him. It's not I'm not I'm literally going around my head in the in the sand sort of thing." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, okay." So he goes, oh, um, "I'm actually Mark Williams, and I used to coach Port Adelaide." And uh, so I was like, wow, this is obviously quite a significant bloke. And then obviously find out that he's won the flag and stuff like yeah. that. But, but the thing that got me was he then went and tried to put himself in a frame of reference that I would understand as an Englishman, only lived in the country for a year. And he says, oh, if, if you want to kind of get an idea of who I am, <laughs> I, I'm the Sir Alex Ferguson of the <laughs> AFL. <laughs> Which... Which, no, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought that was a strong gambit, yeah. given given that Sir Alex Ferguson wasn't just the greatest soccer coach of all time, but redefined the game and had three successive generations of players that dominated a continent. I felt that one he more may than have, one trophy as well. It, one, I mean, I don't, I don't know. So, look, I, the reason I said to Ryan that this is this is a story that I would like to share is also just for me as an Englishman. That, 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 that doesn't seem to be a very likely comparison. So no. I, I, I was thinking, is he like at best Claudio Ranieri? Yeah. <laughs> is he kind of what other coach is there that Mark Williams Norm Smith would would be in the EPL? In the Premier which, League. Which oh, EPL so. coach would you say Mark Williams is? Just um, to give me a bit of help as to who is this guy. To use just the Premier League, I'd probably say I don't know, maybe Kenny Delgleish. He was really he, well. Kenny Douglas won, he, he won lots black... of trophies and then oh, went no. back well, for a second spell at Liverpool. Maybe then, maybe then Kevin Kevin Keegan. Like... Yeah, I was going to so, say, but, Keegan. Won, but Keegan never he won, didn't it, won anything. Any, win anything. But um, Port's Port underachieved significantly with the team they had. Like one flag probably equal to what Keegan see, achieved. See I, see, I think Ranieri because Ranieri did win a title unexpectedly, and the rest of the time, like when he was at Chelsea, probably wasn't quite as good as he yeah. should have been, maybe. that's. I mean, that's a fair shout, maybe. but but Ranieri's, Ranieri was a key piece in the, the biggest sporting story of all, of all time, just about. I oh, also, okay. also yeah. almost going to go um, Wango, because they won one title, yeah. both in 04, I think, yeah. with an extraordinary record behind them, and did fuck all for the rest of their career. <laughs> it is. Wenger's yeah. well, done a lot of stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know. If in, I, in terms what, of... What yeah. about, okay, what about... Alan Pardew, because he did win an FA Cup. Is oh, more, okay, then. We're, we're it, thinking Pardew? Given, <laughs> okay, right. so given he saying, told this story where he's compared himself to Fergie, I think yeah. Pardew actually nails well, it. Okay. <laughs> not, honestly. Okay, when, Bullock's, <laughs> when Bullock's first told me this story, the, the question I went back at him is, why did he even need to open that conversation <laughs> yeah. with, oh, you don't know who I am? You don't need to explain. You're yeah. coaching a local footy club now. This, this sounds all a lot like... Um, 
like a Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> At what, at how far has your career gone when you're teaching a, a 10-year-old girl how to kick with a ball that you've created yourself when you used to be a premiership cap, in, a in, coach? Well, in he's he's, a a few, he's making a few bucks at coaching Ajax, Ajax to is. be fair to him. I think that's, I, that's so funny. Well, I think it's sad to say he's definitely not the Sir Alex Ferguson of Australian football, well, right? Fer- Fergie is probably the best sporting manager of, or coach of all time in any Yep. I, I agree. It's probably fair the to only say. the only comparison between the two is they were followed by an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, three road reviews We've been doing over the last few weeks. Uh, basically, we review all the buy teams with three words, and we'll kick it off with Adelaide. Ethan, what have you got for Adelaide? Uh, I've got exhilarating at best because at their best, they've been exhilarating. <laughs> That's a five so. syllable word, and we're not used <laughs> to that on the GFP podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little bit too. Um, to intellectual maybe, <laughs> which in itself is long word. No, they've been fantastic this year, Adelaide. They've, they've had a couple of little slip-ups against North Melbourne and Melbourne, but yeah, at their best. They're a top four side, they're a top two side, mm. and they're a threat come finals. Imagine if they had uh, Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, imagine. Well, my three-word review is get Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually initially exciting but fragile. Yeah. I still feel like, um, uh, I still feel like there are, there's weaknesses there. I've got uh, don't tag Sloan, which yeah, is yeah, probably yeah. their biggest their yeah. biggest weakness, and yeah. that's that's them pleading to the other team, please don't tag Rory Sloan because yeah. he's all we have in the midfield. Mm. As much as the Crouch brothers are, are, are good footballers, they're good footballers. They're not elite. They're not great. They're good footballers, mm. and it's hard to see them winning the flag when they've only got one elite midfielder. Although their defence and their forwards are, are really good, Rory led sensational. I still can't see them winning the flag with only Rory Sloan. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, Collingwood, I'll, I'll start here. I've got, as a Collingwood fan, thanks Jeremy Howe, because yeah. at least we've got some highlights this season on that. Will he win Mark of the Year? And that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, I've actually got not that bad. Oh, yeah. Collingwood, they're not actually that bad. I've, I've been slating them a bit, um, all in good fun, but they're, they're okay. They're okay. Mm. I just don't sort of know what they're doing. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're, they're just, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got must beat Port. Because if they don't, five and eight, you can probably write off finals from there. Mm. If they do, they're six and seven, and they, you know, they're looking at their injury list, and they're getting Wells and Elliott back soon, and they're starting to think, okay, maybe we're still a chance. Look, they beat Melbourne on Queen's birthday. They went up to six, so it's it's not like they've been out of the hunt, but they need this win this Saturday. Well, yep. for the first time in in a few years, we've got depth. Like we got Ben Reed's got to come back in, Tyson Goldsack's got to come back in, mm. Travis Varco's got to come back in, and it's starting to be like, well, who you got to drop? Jamie Elliott's got to come back in, and then you got Jared Blair getting thirty nine touches in the VFL, um, Chris Main kicking four, finally, you know, kicking a bag somewhere. Mm. They're starting to be that fight for spots, which is we haven't had that for a long time. Mm. Uh, Frio, I've got where's the fife? I mean, he's on field, he's not as good <laughs> as he was, and they could be asking at the end of the year, where's the fife? Because I have this weird feeling that he's not going to be there next year. The way he's playing, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. Can we can we flash back to North Melbourne and do two? Give me the five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I'm sort of with you on five. I think. Well, I don't know if I think he'll go, but I think he should go. I'll put it that way. I've got for them wasting their time. They have wasted a lot of time winning games this season when they really shouldn't be. Mm. Like, what do you mean? Explain that. Well. Just tank like they don't. Okay, so you don't. They they shouldn't be wanting to win games. Well, I I just it's not. There's not much point winning close games mm. if you're um at the the point they're at. They should be rebuilding. They should be like the what's what's their percentage like seventy or something. 
you know, something like that. I, I, but like it's they're not probably not going to make finals. If they did, that'd be, you know, that'd be a first week exit. I, w- I would I would suggest to them it's time to just rebuild. Do what do what St Kilda did a few years ago. See the writing on the wall, flush mm. it out, start again. Did they trade well? Well, um, Brad Hill's been brilliant. Brad Hill, yeah. I mean, McCarthy. McCarthy's looking okay. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, yeah, who's Kirsten, Kirsten and Hamling maybe less. Yeah, so. well, you you knew what you were getting with Kirsten, surely. Yeah. You know, Ham, Hamling was made to look good by a, a very good system at the Dogs. Mm. Mm. Um, I've got yeah, similar to what you were thinking. I've got wins on board. Their percentage out of the eight, which is pretty remarkable, but you know, apart from that, there's been some absolutely terrible losses. Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Collingwood, Collingwood, yeah. Mm. Just some games they haven't. They've looked like a bottom two side. Maybe they are a bottom but, two but, side. But, but again, having said that, you know they're getting they're still getting wins into players like Connor Blakely, Cam mm. McCarthy, Brad Hill, who's well, he's, he's had plenty, obviously. Um, Lockie Neal, those sort of guys, they're getting wins into their system, and I think that's that's important as well. Go again, Heath. What do you got for GWS? Um, I got scary finals proposition. Because they're going to get a lot of players back. You know, even Josh Kelly's injured at the moment. Mm. You know, they get Brett Delidio Jacob back. Jacob Hopper. Perhaps um, Jacob Hopper, who's a, you know, seems like a walk-up start. Um, who else? Nick Haynes mm. is a fantastic defender. They get these sort of players Rory back. Rory Lobb. Rory Lobb. Um, there's, there's heaps. You know, you could make a best 22 of players who aren't playing for GWS at the moment. Once they get those players back, they're going to be fearsome. Is it, they're, what, they're second on the ladder without them. Mm, it's yeah, crazy. They're flying. I've got something similar. I've got Medicines and Frontier or <laughs> Doctors Without Borders because their casualty list is huge. Mm. It's almost like watching an episode of MASH, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Their> change rooms. <laughs> or that, that scene in, um, in uh, what's it called? The, you know, the, uh, or like The Simpsons when they get the trampoline and there's this kids just yeah, all yeah, over. Yeah. That's a reference to Gone with the Wind. Yeah, God, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I've got for GWS the Killbot Factory because they are just a slick murder machine. And it doesn't matter who the personality is, they just keep doing it. Mm. Mm. Uh, Essendon, I've got three words, one name. Anthony McDonald Teepenwooty. Yeah, he's the best. He is just, he, I love him and I hate Essendon. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, that wouldn't be uncommon. No, it's not. But he's just so exciting and he encapsulates the goodwill that Essendon has brought, Essendon has brought onto themselves this season after, you know, everything that's happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Tepper really personifies what, how everyone's feeling towards Essendon this season. Yeah. But that won't last long because I'll fucking hate them again very soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine, I've got sneaky finals chance. It's more than that. More than a sneaky. Is, as you tweeted out earlier this week, Rudy. Even more than sneaky. They've got one top eight team in their fixture for the rest of the year. Mm. And they're already eighth. Like, this, they, this is they happening. may still fall apart, though. Young, young, young yeah, that, that, and a that, bunch of bikes. That, that's the thing year. is whether they can sustain yeah. it for a, a full season, knowing everyone's, you know, this is their first proper season together. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. But I've, I've got exceeding all expectations, Reston. So along yeah. the same lines, I didn't expect them to be this good. I did because their list wasn't that bad, but yet they got pick number one, and McGrath's been sensational for them. Mm. So we only add, added already immediate depth to their their team. I, I thought that would be eight to twelve. That's where I thought they would be. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, roll again, uh, Rudy. Who you got for Hawthorne? Uh, undone by Hubris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they uh, really thought they could have another crack this year, and they went all out, and it's blown up really, really badly in their faces. And I think the only uh, the only group of fans happier than, uh, than, than I am would be the St Kilda fans watching them flail. Well, as you said last week, everyone should get on board Brisbane and support them every game so Hawthorne have to give up pick one to St. Kilda. 
<laughs> have a listen to that laugh. What do oh, you, you got, Ethan? Greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd all be in the same wavelength with this one. What have you got? Well, I got two. I got laugh out loud slash great recruitment strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another one. Pick two St Kilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's one. forwards. Yeah. Jagger in the arm, and you feel sorry for the kid because he's copying a bit of um, vitriol from Hawks fans, and people are just laughing at the fact he can't get his body right. It's sad because he's going to be cut down because he's just simply he's cactus, isn't he? Oh, yeah. It looks that way. I mean, it, it's. It's going to be tough. But does that does that say something about the arrogance of the Hawthorne Football Club that they thought that they'd be able to get the best out of a player that, well, seemingly was had already passed it? It probably went a little too early, you would think. Mm. To be fair to them, um, like, I don't know if I'd call it arrogance so much as like they'd just gotten used to being the best. Mm. Like, and they they have been they've been the benchmark for like quite some time. Um, so but, it's, I mean, it's, it it's like if we can get Max Bailey to a premiership, we can do anything sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Max Bailey at the pub the other day, actually. He was supporting Collingwood. You know, it was weird. It was I, re- it really like, weird. At the, at the moment, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the season's end, it's going to be a very different Hawthorne we see in 2018. I think they might have a different coach. I think more or less, certainly more or less has to be, yeah. have a, a few less uh, premiership players still on their books. I think they'll be trading very heavily. Stephen May, they were going to go hard for. There's no fucking way Stephen May is going to go for Hawthorne. No, I think he's just driving up his price. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? All right, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, for round um, 14. I've just come across a stat here. Apparently, Richmond are more likely to be ahead at quarter time in a loss than a win in 2017. How funny is that? Jesus. <laughs> uh, that says it all, doesn't it? It yeah. does say it all. All right, boys, give us something you're looking for in round 14. Leave the stats to me. Here's, <laughs> yeah. here's a free one. Finally, nine games of football is back for the yeah. first time in a month. Mm. It's going to be sensational. I'm excited about that. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I'm looking forward to calling with Port Adelaide. I think it's going to be sensational. Not only is that going to be a ripper game, I love that 1.45 Saturday time slot because you can go for lunch before it and you get on beers during and the game. Beers, and, yeah. and they're full strength as well. Mm-hmm. And then get on beers. It's, <laughs> it's, the, best, it's the best time slot. It's it so is. good. It's so and good. And we never get it because we're always prime time. And so, oh. Oh, no, poor Collingwood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a tough know. life. <laughs> <laughs> it is, okay, guys? <laughs> it's all they lose. It's a big game too. I, yeah. A real big game. Um. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing what Tommy Bug posts on on Insta before the Melbourne game this yeah. week. There you he, know he is. There he, he, of course, he will be across all of this chat. Yeah, and he will definitely be posting something cheeky. He was tagged in the story we, we did yesterday about his phone lighting up. Oh, did he? He was yes, tagged. Was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's you good. you ready, Brad Shepherd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to give a shout. It's not our page, but Inside Source. You see what they did today. Uh, no. With Liam Jones post Instagram to um, who's Carl? Buddy Franklin. To yeah, Buddy Franklin. That, yeah. He's like, you <laughs> ready? You ready? Cash, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that actually. That's fucking You're sensational. Ready. Yeah, they're very good. Ah, uh, man. Um, I'm looking forward to West Coast Melbourne on Saturday night. I reckon Melbourne are a serious shout. Um, this is something weird about them that play well on the skinny grounds this year. And Patterson Stadium is, or Domain Stadium as it's now called, is now, it, it's one of them. Mm. I'm really keen to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm keen to say that too. I think Melbourne are a huge shout. Oh, huge. absolutely. Against a really, you know, we've known to be susceptible, susceptible West mm. Coast. Um, Melbourne bullied the Bulldogs on the weekend. They really bullied them. And they try the same against West Coast. Could end really badly for them. Jaden Hunt, so, Hunt will have a field day um, on that on that ground. Yeah, um, Christian Salem as well. Mm. Mm. I'll just finish off. Rudy, are you feeling okay? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. No Thursday night footy for Geelong. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> there is there is Thursday night footy, yeah, but we're not in it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's a Thursday night game and you're not involved. It'd be a bit weird. Yeah, it is a bit weird. I'm, um, I wouldn't I'm really classify it. Adelaide spanking Hawthorne as a footy game, though. <laughs> I'm happy about it. It's um, It was tough. I was, had to go to work hungover on Friday. <laughs> 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 well, then you can kick on and watch your Socceroos Cameroon 1 a.m., uh, um, oh no, is that on Thursday yeah. night, is it? That's what yes. we're really looking forward That's to. That's what we're week. really looking forward to. All right. Yeah. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter, Greenfield Post, uh, on the Facebook page, and, of course, greenfieldpost.com.au. Sorry for the lateness. We will be back next Monday with the podcast.